Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. As pet care professionals, one of our goals is to help our clients be better pet parents. And one of those ways is to be more mindful about how they care for their furry family members. Today, Alexa Rabini, the pug mom, joins us to talk about how she helps educate her clients to be more mindful. She helps dispel some common misconceptions around CBD and the CBD industry and how she runs and operates two separate communities, one for the pet sitters in her area and the other for pet parents. Let's get started. Thank you for having me. So I'm a certified integrative animal caregiver, and that basically means that I know how to implement home remedies that are non-medical, like using CBD, using enrichment for dogs, anything that you can do at home without a veterinarian supervising you. So I do specialize in private home boarding. It's something I started about seven years ago because I actually work in the music industry. It's really more of a night job, but I call it a day job. And it's, it's very seasonal being an assistant talent buyer and putting on music production and live entertainment. And I was looking for something that wasn't just an office job or wasn't you know, having to do retail, whatnot, but something flexible. And for some reason it came to my mind, Hey, why don't I start pet sitting and, and help more than just my friends and family. And over the years, I just became obsessed with pet nutrition and pet wellness. And due to the fact that my own dogs, they were suffering from their own issues. And that's why I decided to become a certified integrative animal caregiver to bring Western medicine with holistic medicine to make pet lives better. Oh, that's really cool. So you said you provide private boarding in your home. How do you make that work? So what I do is I require it only for dogs that are like under 30 pounds, because if you just heard my little pug, she's a little sensitive, large dogs, but you know, if a dog has separation anxiety and they can't be boarded in a kennel or they can't be alone at home, they can come to my home and it'll be their home away from home. And basically, you know, they come for the meet and greet just like you would with a pet sitter going to the owner's house. You make sure that they're comfortable with the environment. You make sure that they pass a behavior test and you just kind of go from there on when when to board them as needed, whether it's for daycare or overnights. Yeah. And you say it's a, it's a service that's meant, it sounds like pr- predominantly for those with separation anxiety or maybe with a little bit more intensive care needs. I know for us, we get requests like that an awful lot and we're not always able to, to accommodate them. So what's, what's the market been like for that where you are? It, it's actually pretty good. And I mean, here roughly we charge, depending on the pet sitter and how experienced they are and how many pets, of course, they're boarding. Um, our average nightly rate is 40. Sometimes it's 50. Mm-hmm. And some some pet sitters will charge by, you know, the type of dog and, you know, if they're small, they're large, they're medium, or some will also do like additional dog rates. I myself, I just do the $40 flat and focus only on one dog at a time. If they have a second dog, then, you know, then I'll take on the second dog. But I really enjoy doing one one dog at a time because it really also helps with not having to worry about is the dog vaccinated? Because really when they're coming, 
that's when I do my non-medical exam and make sure that the dog is healthy. And if the dog doesn't seem healthy, then I'll point out my concerns to the owner. How has it been trying to market that or how do you communicate the specificity of that kind of service? Because it really does sound like it's it's very, very niche in in the world of pet care of private in private home boarding. Um, do you find like that's easy for your clients to understand that that's a need of theirs? Yeah, I mean, it, it really all comes down to separation anxiety. Hmm. You know, can the dog stay home alone? Does the dog need 24-7 supervision? Even with some of my boarding clients, they can't be dropped off by their owner because then they feel like they're being abandoned. But if I go and, and offer that complimentary transportation to go pick them up from the house, whether they're whether the owner's home or not, it actually makes it a lot easier on the dog. Well, and it's easier to communicate or as far as like an easier sell when it is this more holistic, um, inclusive kind of package and service that you're able to offer them as opposed to these little piecemeal things sometimes. Yeah, because that's that's one thing I focus on, too, is some of my clients, you know, they'll dog love dry nose. I'll be like, hey, do you mind if I put some hemp salve on their nose? And I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, it's not like they have to go to the vet and get a prescription. You know, I'm keeping an eye on them and keeping them updated while they're here on what's going on. I even record every dog's weight every day just to see if it's fluctuating, especially if the dog's not eating because they're, you know, slumping from not being at home with their owner. Mm. Now that is, that's really important. And to be watching those kind of uh, changes in a pet and especially in a boarding environment or with this dogs with separation anxiety, they do tend to not eat. They do tend to be more stressed. So they're burning more calories. There's a lot of things going on. And those those changes don't always get communicated well in a photo to a client. And so the last thing that you want to have is a dog that was maybe stressed out the first couple of days, lost a little bit of weight. And then when their owner picks them up is like, oh, my gosh, what, ha- what happened to my dog? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things to do for enrichment is just throwing, you know, some dog ice cream on a licky mat and mm. offering it up to them. They go nuts for it. <laughs> And finding those kind of opportunities for enrichment, for diversity in a dog's day, owners really like to, A, owners really like to see that, to know that their dog is being enriched in that manner. And B, it makes it more enjoyable for the dog during their stay with you too. Absolutely, because it's it's stressful when the dog's not at home in their usual environment, just like it would be for a cat. So how have you found it easiest to communicate? Do you get a lot of client interactions through Instagram, Facebook, uh, other other avenues? Honestly, what works the most is word of mouth. Hmm. It's it's crazy. <laughs> 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 because, yeah, you could have a Yelp listing. Yeah, you could have a Google. but And you can, you can post about on Instagram. But really, word of mouth by, is what works the best because that person can share their experience. It comes from a trusted mouth. It comes from a trusted person that they can ask more in-depth questions on. And it's it's those those personal referrals and, and word of mouth are just insanely powerful. And you're right. I, there's nothing that's come up in the digital age that has quite recaptured that ability. You are a certified integrative animal caregiver. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so... I got certified through Dr. Barbara Royal. She's known as Oprah's vet. And I basically learned how to implement those holistic home remedies at home for dogs, you know, like using CBD for anxious dogs and even 
with my own dogs, if they're in pain, my go-to is Arnica. And immediately I notice that they're no longer limping. Hmm. You don't have to worry about getting a prescription from the vet. And it's, it's a quick fix. And so what was that certification process like for you? It took about six months and it just basically went through the different remedies that you can do at home, going through the different remedies and nutrition aspects and, and wellness. I think you've given one example. What's another common example that you see or that you uh, have discussions with clients a lot? A lot of clients will bring up nutrition, but when it comes to pain management and separation anxiety, that really comes up a lot. And I tell clients when it comes to CBD, you don't want to dose by the weight. You want to dose by the ailment. You know, is it separation anxiety? Is it pain? Or, you know, are they even suffering from cancer? That would be a different dose than, say, even allergies as well. I know CBD has become insanely popular, not just in our human clients, but also in our uh, pet clients as well. So how has that industry changed or, or, or matured? do you think, to the point where people are more accepting of it these days? They really are because they're learning that when it comes to CBD, you're looking for a full spectrum extract. You don't want broad. And you want to look at that COA, which I know it can be hard to read. But once you know that it's third-party tested and that it's it has only you know less than 3% of THC you know that your dog's not going to get high your not, dog's not going to get sick and you're using a brand specifically curated for your dog rather than for a human that's yeah, that specificity and i think refinement of a lot of the products out there that have increased a lot of people's confidence in it um how do you or where do you go to learn more about those products and how to use them so one of my favorite resources is Planet Paws. It's hosted by Rodney Habib and Dr. Karen Becker, who are experts in the industry. They're actually coming out with a book this fall called The Forever Dog. And they curated the documentary, The Dog Cancer Series, which is an amazing documentary if you ever get the chance to watch it. And you can also watch... Um, there's another documentary called Pet Fold. It was available on Netflix, but I think now it's over on Amazon Prime. That's another great watch. And at, every day I just follow all the different holistic vets, whether it's, I'm trying to remember, um, Dr. Zach, he works for CBD Dog Health. He's wonderful. And even, even brands like Dr. Harvey's, they, they're true experts and they know so much about longevity and how you can really make a pet life, mm. your pet's life better. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Susan from the Pet Gal has this to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you are looking for new pet saying software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com forward slash confessional. How do you feel like the reception of these kind of products and this information is taken in by uh, traditional Western medicine and the veterinary community? So when it comes to Western medicine, a lot of those doctors are very nervous because they weren't properly educated. Even there's a great quote that I actually just shared on Instagram today where 
Dr. Katie. She says veterinarians are the only medical profession that recommends a dry process kibble diet for the life of your pet. And there's nothing against feeding kibble. It's just you have to think about the dog in front of you. Why does that dog have a hot spot? You know, what are you feeding the dog? How are you taking care of the animal? That's that's really when it comes to caregiving versus pet sitting, you could say. Are you caring for the animal or are you just basically babysitting it, just watching it like a child? Are you actually focused on their ears, their eyes, their nose, and their butt? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. I think having uh, looking at the whole animal, the whole environment, the whole diet uh, is really, really important. And it's amazing how many things... Are, come from or derive from the diet that the animal's having or the environment that it is. And when those get changed, the kind of uh, response that you can get. One thing I learned about being in the pet industry, I have to give a lot of credit to pet, not only Pet Sitters International, but there was a one, one time conference that I went to called Pet Sittingology. I don't believe they no longer exist, but it was a great conference where I got to learn from lots of experts, even even conventional experts like Dr. Sue, the cancer vet, Dr. Andy Burke was there. It's just about when it comes to professional pet care, you're really looking at the animal overall and being there from start to finish. Well, and that's really important too, is to recognize that the pet that we start caring for is not going to be the same pet in five years and their needs are very different. I think many of us think of that, especially in the context of things like exercise, right? I can't give the same walk to a one-year-old puppy as I can to the same dog when it's 10 or 15. Those kind of care looks very different. And things like supplements and diet tend to fall by the wayside for a lot of us. And it's, it's also about rotation. Rotation honestly is key in a key in a dog's life. Because you don't, you don't just want to feed chicken over and over. You don't want to just give a Kong over and over. The more you rotate, the more enrichment you're going to give to a dog. Right. So what do you think are some of the most common misconceptions that people have about CBD and pets? Well, when it comes to CBD, they get scared that their dog's going to get high. When it comes to pain meds, they just follow whatever their vet prescribes. And in order to make your pet's life better, you have to truly do what works for your dog because every dog is bio-individual. What works for one dog is not going to work for the other. And that's why I say when it comes to CBD, you don't want to dose by the weight. You want to dose by the ailment. Are they suffering from allergies? Are they suffering from pain or inflammation. Even with Dix and my puggle, if if I know fireworks are coming, I'll give him a unique blend that has lavender in it mm. 15 to 20 minutes before the fireworks. But if we don't have fireworks that day, then every 12 hours I'm giving him a unique blend that has turmeric in it to help with his allergies. And if I notice he's got a really bad ear infection, then I'll scooch on over and give him just a regular strong CBD every 12 hours to help get rid of that ear infection. I'll even rub it inside of his ears as well. You just, you have to, again, look at the dog individually that's yeah. in front of you. I know one of the things that we hear a lot is kind of almost a um, disbelief that it actually does anything. I think there's 
kind of maybe a problem with the industry, uh, the CBD industry specifically, where a lot of people pitch it for a, a lot of things. And so I think there can be some confusion as far as like, well, what what actually does it do? Because it seems like it does it does everything. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many ways that you can use it, and that's what's so amazing about it. And even with arnica as well, it it helped my pug who recently passed in March with so many things. She had a bruised trachea. She also had pug myelopathy, and she stopped walking. But you know, it still gave her enough strength just to stand up and pee. Hmm. And my my honest go to is actually called um, your go to. I use this for any of my pet boarding clients. Just the other day, one of my my dogs she just kind of twisted her ankle wrong trying to go up the pet ramp, and I just sprayed this in her mouth, and she was instantly fine within ten minutes. It's called your go to by George Beast, and it's arnica, about two hundred C's, and that's it. With well, it does have. Um, Gosh, I forget how to pronounce that homopathic herb, but it does have, I think it's aconite in it as well. But it's it's great just for on hand for quick trauma, shock, fever, disease, and inflammation. Yeah, I think finding those kind of products and talking with somebody about that kind of thing really does. I think just being able to sit down and see those kind of applications really does help uh, get rid of many fears and misconceptions that people have. Yeah, and you absolutely should always consult with a veterinarian first, but it's it's great to have on hand in case of emergency if you're not prepared. For a pet sitter, how could we be better equipped to have conversations around CBD with our clients or whenever we are talking with a vet that we work with? I just kind of bring it up softly to the client. Hey, have you ever tried CBD? Have you ever tried this? And share your experience because that's when you, the more you educate, the more people are going to adapt and become a modern 2.0 pet parent and make their pet's life better. I think just having uh, those simple, small conversations and not being overbearing about them and, and learning yourself, taking the time to go learn about it, to get educated, to, to maybe try some things out before uh, you start having those conversations will really go a long way again to build this trust with them and let them know that you know you are trying to to bring them the best information possible. Absolutely. I know something that else that you are connected with is is around the concept of mindful parenting for dogs. So I'd love to hear how you describe that. So when it comes for my mindful parenting, I just think be mindful even with yourself. Are you looking at the ingredients on the box? Are you just eating it, you know, whatever you want? Are you eating McDonald's every day or do you do it every once in a while? And knowing that you can make that decision yourself, you don't have to do everything your veterinarian says. What's your belief and what are you comfortable with? I think mindfulness is a really big topic and many people do not think about the things that they're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it may be because it's what they've always done. It's only what they've had exposure to, or maybe it worked one time. So they've never thought to change or do anything different. And some of those, some of that process of becoming more mindful can really be painful. Uh, or, and you have to overcome some fears or anxieties to move into a position where you're open to new ideas. Yeah, and I say that because I watched before I became the pug mom, 
I watched my childhood dog basically die over a six month period because her veterinarian failed her. All she did was keep having me give the same six drugs over and over for six months straight. She didn't offer any specialty care. She didn't offer anything else. Mm. And then finally, when we got her to the operating room with a specialist, they finished up the surgery and then she died on the table because it was just too late. So the more proactive you are instead of reactive, the longer and better life your pet can have. Yeah. So how, what's the first step, would you say, in going from not necessarily a mindless, but like, what's that first, what's that process or that first step in becoming more mindful and how can we as pet sitters help our clients do that? As a pet sitter, it's really about, again, looking at the dog in front of you, check their ears every day. You know, do they have gunk in them? Check their paws every day. Are they dry? Are they dry? Same with the nose. And always pay attention to the gut, meaning look at their poop every day. You know, don't just pick up after your dog, your your client's dog. Look at that poop and make sure. I know it sounds funny, but it's it's really important because everything starts in the gut. So once you start paying attention to those ears and the poop, you'll know if something's wrong. Mm. And you'll be able to make their decisions, not not necessarily for your client, but you'll be able to help them. Right. And because we are around the pets very frequently, we can become very acquainted with their poop and how they poop and when they poop and what to expect when things happen. And then if something looks off, being the first one to take a picture of it and yes, send it to the client so <laughs> you can keep them updated too. It's going to say, it sounds weird to text poop to your client, but they're actually really interested in it. You'd be amazed at the number of pet clients who are like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's, that's great for the poop. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, you can always say, Hey, their poop looks off but you know, and just kind of describe it to them as well. But it's, it's just important to make sure that your client knows and is aware of what's going on mm. and even for your own dog as well. Yeah, we really do get to help partner with our clients and help be an extra set of eyes and ears and hands on their pet. You know, the clients, they they lead very busy lives and they see their pet day after day after day after day for long periods of time. And you can become complacent in that time. And so we get to help fight complacency with action, with intentionality when we do have time with the dog to look at these things and kind of go through a quick checklist. Absolutely. And really when it comes to professional pet sitting, you're more than just a pet lover. You're the one caregiving for that animal when they're away from home. Really is a title that I think can become old news to many of us after you were in it for year after year after year after year after year of just exactly how special of a position we get to have in the life of these pets and their clients of the level of trust and the level of belief, right? That we are doing the best by them and their pets every time that they're with us. And that's also what I really love about private home boarding is it's, it's not necessarily about the convenience of having to travel to everybody's home. You know, that the dog's going to be supervised 24 seven. Yeah. They get to still socialize with your own dogs. If you have dogs, and they're comfortable. They can sleep with you. They don't have to sleep in a crate alone or alone on their bed. They, they have that, that company yeah. and companionship. It really does kind of change the game with those services, especially for the pets who really, who really need it. 
when you advertise or when you have those services and you're talking with with potential clients, do you bring in the integrative care aspect of that? Or is that an after discussion? Or do you pitch it more of as your pet's going to be boarded with me and I'm going to be doing all these other things as well? Whenever they do come for meet and greet, I do. I am very transparent about my services that I am certified integrative Mm. and that I do offer, you know, home remedy care with their permission. And before I give any, any product like CBD or any hemp balm or whatever the dog needs, even an ear cleaning, I always ask permission and make sure that the owner's okay with it first because every dog is different. And a lot of them, they think it's awesome knowing that, (laughs) that I actually am focused on their dog and not just, Oh, you can bring your dog over and your dog can sleep here. Other than those kind of reactions, have you ever had responses of people being skeptical about about those other services? And, and what was that education process like for them? Um, I have had one or two clients turn away the CBD. They're like, eh, they don't need it. And it's, it's more so just a slug to the shed. Like, don't worry about it. And it really depends on the client. You know, are they tr- like super focused on their dog and missing them the entire time or you you'll even get the one client who's like eh, don't even worry about sending me an update they'll they'll be fine <laughs> yeah we get those clients too uh, where we'll say oh we'll send plenty of up- updates and pictures about them and they kind of give you that look and they go i know what my dog looks like thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are also a, a big proponent of wellness retreats and so when when i think of a wellness retreat i know what i have in mind but what is a wellness retreat to you and the role that it plays in the life of a pet? When it, when it comes to a wellness retreat, you know, that can include a spa day that can include, you know, an extra long walk. It's, it's all about just making the dog feel comfortable, even though they're away from home. Mm. And I even, there is also another local pet sitter in my city that, you know, even offers Reiki. She'll do, um, sound baths. It's it's interesting what it can expand out to for dogs. So this sounds like it's another way of to, talking about the kind of services you, that you offer. Is it a reframe of as a wellness retreat, or is this an additional service that you can request through you? Um, I personally just call, like to call it a wellness retreat, just so they understand that their dog is basically on vacation too, <laughs> and it's less stressful for them. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there are pet sitters out there, like I mentioned, my, my friend Megan, she also turns it into another way to make it like a spa vacation for the dog as well. Yeah, I know that clients are very interested in having those kind of services of I'm, I'm paying this money, I'm on vacation, I want to know my dog is having a good time too. And so to bring in some of these extra aspects of it that maybe the client wasn't necessarily expecting, right? It's kind of like, oh, you you weren't you didn't think your dog was going to have a spa day with me, did you? Ha, you gotcha. Uh, but <laughs> they, it does kind of take the, the that service and really does make it something super special. Absolutely, because every dog deserves the good life. Are you a member of Pet Sitters International? PSI is the largest educational association for professional pet sitters and dog walkers with a mission to promote pet sitting excellence through education. After the tumultuous past year, having the support of a strong community and direct access to educational resources and business tools is more important than ever as we rebuild our businesses. 
PSI is here to help. With a free monthly member toolkit, monthly bonus resources, online trainings, private member Facebook group, and more, along with group rates on insurance and background checks, PSI is the one-stop shop for everything you need for your pet sitting or dog walking business. As an educational association, PSI believes that if you know better, you'll do better and invites you to join thousands of other like-minded professionals who are committed to offering the best possible pet care services and elevating our industry. If that sounds like you, visit PetSit.com slash PSC to learn more. Our listeners can save $15 off your first year by using the promo code PSC15 at checkout. In addition to all of the, the pet sitting and the holistic care and the nutrition and all that stuff that you have going on, um, you also are really active on running some some Facebook community groups and not just for pet owners, but also pet professionals in your area. Why did you feel like you needed to to start those and what was kind of the goal of those groups? Yeah, so I, I started the Possum Professionals Network. I want to say it was about five years ago after there, there was a, a local death. We had a pet sitter who just, you know, signed up for Rover, joined like it was Facebook. And she had no training in in pets. She may have had dogs herself. I, I don't quite remember. But she just let the dog be outside in her backyard unsupervised and it drowned in her, in her pool. And that completely broke my heart. Where's Where's the training? Where's the education and the support? that we need as pet sitters. That's why I give a lot of credit to Pet Sitters International because I myself did start pet sitting on Rover, but Pet Sitters International is the one who truly brought professional pet sitting to my life and and paying attention to the animal and making sure I was caregiving for the animal. And when it came to my network, we decided to, it wasn't just me, we all together the local businesses in my community, we decided to basically create a mastermind, not only for pet sitters, but, you know, retailers and groomers are also welcome to join. And we just kind of get together once a month and every day on Facebook and say, Hey, you know, I ran into this issue or, Hey, I have a client who needs a pet sitter from here to here. And we just do our best to make pet lives better. And I love the power of those, those local connections. I think most of us and the listeners are, are part of national and international Facebook groups, but to have a, a hyper local in your own city group where people are problem solving, where you know that they are all dealing with the same stuff and they're coming across the same things that you can give those referrals to, that just really tightens that community and helps raise the bar on everybody and makes them feel included too, right? Because the last thing that we want to do is be like, feel like we are excluding anybody for any reason. It's 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 a big tent. We can allow and we can welcome everybody in and help educate and help build that community. Absolutely. Especially because when you're referring out a client that you can't care, because that's the thing is it, it comes down to community over competition. You can't take care of every single dog, especially at the same time. You can't be in two places at once. Mm. So being able to say, hey, I'm not available, but I trust this pet sitter and they're also licensed. They're also insured. They're also bonded that word of mouth really comes together and comforts the client when you're not available. Now you also run a separate group for local pet owners and dog moms. Where did the idea for that one come from? <laughs> the idea for Vegas dog moms came out of quarantine. I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> bored. There was nothing to do. 
And I just started an Instagram account where I just started posting health tips and they went nuts for it. And having that community, it just, it brought all the dog moms together. And it also helps local small businesses because then I was able to showcase all the local pet sitters I work with, showcase all the local retailers and get their names out there and even offer special offers that they can't get anywhere else. Like I teamed up with Bark Parks. They're an indoor dog park that also has like a bar for those that are 21 plus. So you can bring your dog and have a drink while they play. And they were able to offer up some coupons and I even did a giveaway with them. And it really just helped support the community. Again, focused on the community there over competition or focused on, I know some people would say, oh, well, I'll start a Facebook group so that I can funnel all the business back to myself. And stepping back and going, no, what I want to do is I want to get people connected. I want them to get the best care possible for their pets. I want people to feel like they are part of something larger, right? And and sure, things will come from that. And these coupons and these referrals do flow from that. But when we start from a position of helping and from just the benefit of the broader community, that's where we're really going to see not just the immediate benefit, but the long-term payoffs too. Yeah, and you, you shouldn't be scared to start a Facebook group because that is that is honestly the best part about being on Facebook is having that group and that community support. And it's still going to link back to your business. And again, word of mouth is honestly the the best thing that you can do for your business because it's it's free marketing. And you're not going to be spamming them by just posting every day, posting every day. You're sharing your experience and connecting with them that through that experience. So those connections that are really going to be lasting and aren't just going to be these one-off uh, seeing an ad or something somewhere or a flyer. It's this, no, this, these people are here consistently, reliably investing and putting information in and helping others. And you're right. That's where you really do see people connecting and growing those relationships. Yeah. Cause then they don't have to rely on a news source. You can lean on each other. You've started these groups, you're running them, you're managing them with the help of others. Are, are they what you expected them to be? It does have this, it does have its slow time periods, but then I can easily bring the engagement back up by sharing a news article or, or sharing another post on Facebook. And then that, that gets people going again, but it's, it's just nice to have that little place you can go to. It's your, your home away from home when you're, you know, if you have nothing to watch on Netflix or you, you, you know, you're bored and just need something to do. You can just kind of pop on a Facebook and check in with others and connect with them. Yeah. How do you know what to share in those groups to get that kind of engagement? Are there certain things that you find that really click with the people in your area or is it kind of hit and miss sometimes? It, it can be a hit and miss because everybody's different. Not everybody believes in holistic medicine. Not everybody believes in conventional medicine. So you got to, you got to pick and choose like, Sometimes I'll share an article from the truth about pet food and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that there was a Hills recall going on or this lawsuit was going on. And, and then sometimes they, you know, they do feed Hills pet food and they're like, I feed Hills pet food and there's nothing wrong. But then you kind of have to remind them, Hey, you know, we're, we're all here together. All breeds are welcome. And it's okay if you're not on the same page. Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay. It's all just about being again, mindful. Yeah, mindful and civil towards one another in those discussions, recognizing that everyone is trying to do right by their own beliefs uh, and, and respecting them. Yeah, and just keep the politics out of it and just share your experience. 
Now, if someone is interested in starting a group in their area, they don't have one, what, what's some advice that you would give to that person? Um, re- reach out to your community, you know, reach out to other pet sitters, reach, reach out and see if they're interested in managing it with you. And if they're not, you can still go for it on your own. Some of my favorite tools are Canva. That's great for, you know, easy, quick flyers. You can also, you know, just start searching for, for names because originally my group's was the Las Vegas professional pet sitters. And then we're like, well, we don't want to just have pet sitters. We want to include retailers and groomers and veterinarians and whoever's interested in making pet lives better. And that's when I was like, well, you know what? You're possum. So why don't we call it possum professionals? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know how I can. I came up with it other than, you know what? You're just, you're so possum. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love the the fact that you do include other pet, pet care professionals in there, the vets and the groomers and the trainers, because I think that really does start to bring not just the, it really does bring literally everybody together where you're sharing, you know who you can trust, you can know who's sharing information, who you can refer to. And it really does help a lot more people be connected because I'm I'm sometimes surprised the number of vets in our area who don't know there are pet sitters out there that can help and that can take care of others or that can provide other services or pet sitters who don't know groomers that do stuff. And so it really does, again, it helps position ourselves as pet sitters at the center of this hub of the care that team that's required for the pet in, that, we're, that we're overseeing. So we know all of the resources that are at not just our disposal, but, but the clients as well. Yeah. And it overall just makes it easier because then it saves the client time from having to go to Yelp, having from go to Google, having from to go to rover.com because they're instantly like, I'll even have a client say, Hey, Alexa, you know, what groomer can help me out? I, you know, my dog needs this kind of haircut or my dog needs this nail trim. And I'll say, Hey, okay. So your service area is right over here. Check out these three, these three professionals. I would trust them with my own pets. Yeah. Now, again, this, these word of mouth referrals, not just coming from client to client, but from pet sitter to another pet care professional, they're going to trust you. That's going to build that bond. And that's going to help you know, that relationship be even more sticky. And it's free marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about paying for it. That's also the perk to it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, with, with everything that you have going on and all of the, the things that you are involved in, what are some of your favorite resources or recommended resources and tools that you you want other people to to know about? Definitely. I mean, Canva really comes in handy when it comes to marketing. For pet sitters, um, it's also really great to read the pet magazines that are out there. Like I really love Pets Plus. Even if you're not a retailer, it's still good to know what's going on in the industry. There's also Pet Business. Those are really good magazines that I read every week and they're online or you can get a physical copy. I mean, that's that's even what I do is I post that in my little Facebook group, all the different news articles as well for the pet sitters. I will say that continuing that idea of continuing to read and learn broadly will really benefit you in the long term. Because whether you need that information right now uh, about the new trend in lick mats or new trend in uh, scent deodorizers or whatever, 
eventually somebody's going to ask you a question about that. And so just to kind of stay up to date a little bit at kind of the 30,000 foot view of things that are going on and big shifts really will help you be a lot more well-rounded whenever you do need to give recommendations or input with the clients that you're working with. Absolutely. And actually, I just remembered the, the other thing I was going to mention. Um, I was just at SuperZoo because I'm lucky. I live in Las Vegas, so I get to go to SuperZoo every year. Yeah. And a great service that's out there for pet sitters and even professionals is FetchFind. They're, they have like these little mini courses. It's free. And then you can upgrade to like the professional plan for additional courses, or I think for your entire company, if you do have employees. And they have different courses on CBD. They even did a course on managing your business through COVID. And it's it's a great little just quick way to get education without having to go through a, a full certification. Yeah. Well, that's something that you can kind of do piecemeal, little by little, and uh, fill, either fill the time whenever you do have downtime or assign to staff or assign to other people that you want or to, that you can recommend to others. Absolutely. And Pet Sitters International too, they also have courses as well. The, the more you put your C, like CEUs, as they call it out there, the more you're going to gain that experience and even be able to charge more too for having that knowledge. Right. No, absolutely. And again, you might not need that information right now, but it's going to help continue to have you understanding and learning about what's going on. And you will eventually need that information in the future. It absolutely happens every single time. Alexa, I have really appreciated this conversation and learning more about integrative pet care and the role that we play in strengthening the bond between the pet and their client through the services that we offer, how we can be more mindful and help our clients be more mindful too. But we covered a lot of ground and I know that there's just a lot more out there. So if uh, listeners want to get connected and pick your brain about more things, how can they do that? Um, you can absolutely follow me on Instagram at, at mindful dog mom. That's basically where I post most of the time. Or you can also just visit my website, mindfuldog.mom. Yeah, and I'll have links to uh, all of that and all of the resources and recommendations that you gave to as well in the show notes. So listeners can click right to that. Alexa, this has been really thoroughly enjoyable. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. The power of being mindful stems from the fact that we begin taking deliberate actions towards a certain goal, that we are more aware of what we are doing on a moment-by-moment basis. This is grounded fundamentally in educating ourselves about various options, about various viewpoints, and about things as they change from time to time. This is extremely important in running your own business and in educating and reaching out to your clients. As they are seeking answers, you are able to help guide them through various options, point them to different resources, and then encourage them to be taking those very deliberate actions in their day and caring for their pets. It takes simple little changes that we can all do that allow us to be more powerful and more mindful about our actions in our business and in how we care for pets as well. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. And we really want to thank you for joining us today and for being part of our community and helping educate and spread the awareness that we can all be raising the bar by doing little things each and every single day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again soon.
Thank <laughs> you.